If you're a true crime junkie in the UK, then chances are that you've heard of the tragic murder of six-year-old Arthur Labinjo Hughes. What you may not know, though, is how Arthur was connected to a murder that happened a couple of years before his own. What was Arthur's connection to murder victim Gary Cunningham Jr.? This case will have more twists and turns than you could possibly ever imagine. Drugs, alcoholism, domestic violence, murder, false accusations, and the importance of remembering that men too can be victims of domestic violence. Hey Coffee and Crimers, I'm your host, Belle Fagan. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Born and bred in Birmingham, England, Gary Cunningham Jr. was only 29 years old at the time of his murder. Described by friends and family as cheeky, funny, spontaneous, but kind-hearted, always ready to help others. Now, he wasn't a saint by any means and had his demons, namely drugs and alcohol. In his teens, he developed severe Tourette's and ADHD, both of which he was prescribed medication for. He went from an easygoing, larger-than-life kid to a young adult needing to try and hide his symptoms as much as possible to fit in. Despite those challenges, he was determined to make something of himself and he qualified as an electrician, specifically installing streetlights. He also threw himself into his passion for drum and bass, with his own DJ set in his room and attending every gig going. In his early 20s, he fell in love with a local girl and things were going great. So much so that in 2013, they actually announced that they were pregnant with a little girl, who they would go on to call Amelia. Sadly, though, he felt in order to be a good dad, he needed to suppress his tics even more. But instead of taking the meds that the doctor prescribed, he found other ways to manage it. Alcohol and non-prescription drugs became a huge part of Gary's life and changed him from the easygoing, friendly guy to an angry one. In the same year as Amelia was born, when Gary was 25, 
he was convicted of criminal damage and battery after assaulting the mother of his child. They obviously split up and his drinking increased to a point where he would regularly drink and drive. Even with his dad and sister pleading with him to stop, he continued. And eventually that recklessness caught up with him and in 2017 he was caught. Fortunately for Gary, instead of being sent to prison, he was sent on a drinking rehabilitation course. But honestly, I can't help but wish that they had sent him to prison because that course would change the entire trajectory of his life. On that course, he met Olivia Labanjo Halcrow. Super intelligent, Olivia was given a scholarship to a prestigious school in the area of Solihull, around about where she lived. She was talented to the point where she was the star student in the school's debating team, which actually led her to getting into the University of Nottingham in 2011 to study politics. Now, not long after starting university, she started dating a local labourer called Thomas Hughes. And sadly, this bright, pretty young girl found herself in a toxic relationship. Friends saw them constantly fighting which began taking a huge toll on Olivia emotionally. Between the pressures of uni and a challenging course and this toxic relationship, her mental health plummeted. Just like Gary, she began to self-medicate, drinking heavily and experimenting with drugs, but it came at a price. Things came to a head where she just had no choice but to leave university and move back in with her mum but her relationship with Thomas didn't end. Now back in Birmingham, the two of them continued to see each other and in 2014, Olivia and Thomas welcomed a baby boy. That baby was called Arthur Labinjo Hughes. Ding, ding, ding. We are getting tragically closer to a connection between these two cases. By the time Arthur is one, Thomas is no longer in the picture. Olivia is now 20 and a single mum with no qualifications to her name. And although things looked like they were a complete mess, she was determined to turn things around. And although she was still drinking heavily, she decided to enlist as an army volunteer. And again, just how bright she was shows because it doesn't take long for her to be promoted to Lance Corporal. But in July 2015, she's arrested for drink driving, linking hers and Gary's worlds forever. They both are sent to that very same drink driver's awareness course. Not the best basis to start a relationship, but we fall for who we fall for, right? Things move fast and Gary introduces Olivia to his dad. In a Netflix documentary detailing this case called My Lover, My Killer, Gary's dad, also called Gary, instantly took a dislike to Olivia. Olivia was rip-roaring drunk when they arrived at Gary Senior's house. Gary Jr. had also been drinking, but nowhere near as much as Olivia. Even though it's literally only been a couple of weeks since they had begun dating, she tells Gary Sr. that she desperately wants to marry Gary. She also brags to him about how much she earns, and although he didn't realise at the time, she lied to him about both her position in the army and her income. The whole evening was just off, and Gary's dad did try to warn him, but Gary Jr. shrugged it off, and just said that she was dealing with mental health issues, nothing more. Their entire relationship moved fast, but was essentially based on a party lifestyle. Olivia was super confident, which gave Gary more confidence. 
Since the assault and battery charge, sadly, Gary no longer had contact with Amelia, his daughter. So being able to dote on Arthur, Olivia's four-year-old, made him super happy. And although devastated to not be in contact with his daughter, having that little family unit with Olivia and Arthur helped. Gary's dad, though, couldn't shake the bad feeling he had about her. Every time he met her, she'd be drunk. He knew that the appeal for Gary Jr. was purely that she was just a great drinking buddy. They'd drink until the early hours of the morning and finish off with cocaine. Gary's friends all knew that he would take drugs, but said that whenever he was with Olivia, he would take far more than normal. Just to pause, I, I honestly don't think I'll ever be able to understand how you wouldn't get clean for your kids. I get that they're both using drink and drugs as an escapism, but I just can't imagine anything more important than making sure that I was around for my kids. Two months into dating, Olivia finds out she's pregnant, except she doesn't tell Gary. Instead, she goes, has an abortion, and then tells him after the fact. He is absolutely devastated. Their toxic relationship continues to escalate. They are on again, off again, more times than their friends can keep up with. Both of them as bad as each other when it came to fighting. Except one night, Olivia takes it to a more extreme level. During dinner one night, they start arguing and Olivia stabs Gary in his foot and elbow with a fork. Yeah, that's right, with a fork. Gary's friends and his dad encouraged him to go to the police, but he refused. He refused because he didn't want Arthur taken away from her. He said to his dad that she was a good mum and she loved Arthur and that it would break her if he was taken away. Plus, he was sure that it was a one-off. But as we all know, these things are never a one-off. The next time Gary met up with his friends, he had scratches all down his face and was covered in bruises, which hadn't been there the last time they'd seen him. He told them that when Olivia was drunk or high, she'd attack him. His sister Katie remembers him swearing one day in front of his mum and Olivia saying that he shouldn't do that but rather than just move on she actually got a can of deodorant and sprayed it in his face. A few weeks later he called his dad to come pick him up because this time she'd stabbed him with a potato peeler. They'd gotten into a fight because Gary wanted to go out and she wanted him to stay home with her. It escalated and in front of then four-year-old Arthur and her ex-boyfriend, Arthur's dad, Thomas, she stabbed Gary. Again, Gary Sr. pleaded with Gary to report her, saying that if she can do that in front of her own son, then not only is she a danger to Gary, but also to Arthur. But for a second time, he refuses. He doesn't feel that as a man he can say to the police that he is being abused, but it was the final straw for him and he manages to break things off with Olivia. Thankfully, he began dating someone else who was lovely and his friends and family sighed the biggest relief, especially as things were going from strength to strength. But then, abruptly, they found out that Gary and his new girlfriend had called it quits and he had gone back to Olivia. Gary's dad went ballistic. She turned up at Gary Sr.'s house, standing next to Gary with a bottle of vodka in her hand. A bottle of vodka, by way of an apology, for the two times that she had stabbed his son. Whatever response she was expecting was probably not the one that she got because Gary Sr. said to Gary that after everything she had done to him, he couldn't expect him to let her swan around his house and to get her out now. 
He did, but that didn't stop him continuing the relationship. They picked up where they left off and any sobriety that they'd had during their breakup was well and truly forgotten. Except this time, paranoia and jealousy came into play. Olivia wanted to know everything about the girl that Gary had been seeing during their breakup. She then became so paranoid he was no longer allowed to have any girl's numbers in his phone, including his sister's. Olivia accused him of cheating on her when she found out that he was on his phone to his sister and from that point he was never allowed to have her in his phone again. By December 2018, Gary was the shell of the bubbly outgoing person he'd been pre-Olivia. He had lost so much weight and was worn down and his mental health had plummeted. He felt suicidal over the way that Olivia would treat him in front of people and he knew that they couldn't be together but he also couldn't be without her. Gary Sr. felt helpless and also felt that he had no choice but to wash his hands of it all. They all knew that if he didn't leave, something drastic would happen, but he wouldn't listen. Even when she told one of their friends that if she killed Gary, she could use her PTSD to get away with it. On February the 22nd, 2019, Gary Sr. got a call from Gary. Still with no licence after his drink driving ban, he asked his dad to come and pick him up. Except his dad was away for the weekend. Already fed up with constantly being ignored over Olivia, Gary Sr. said no. He wouldn't drive the one hour to go get Gary. Gary Jr. pleaded with him, saying that she was hitting him again and that they were arguing and he needed to get out. But Gary Sr. stood his ground and still said no. That would be the last conversation the two of them would ever have. Now, we'll all have opinions on Gary's dad not picking him up, but hindsight is a wonderful thing, and none of us know how we would react in situations like that. Not only that, I am sure Gary Sr. would beat himself up for the rest of his days, without strangers on the internet doing it for him. The following morning on February 23rd, the leafy suburb that Olivia and Gary lived in was rocked. A delivery driver had gone to the block that Olivia lived in and at 11am a 999 call came in to say that he had found a man's lifeless body in a pool of blood propped up against a fire exit door. Through his fingerprints, Gary is identified. The police canvassed the area asking if anyone knew him or why he was there and they all point to Olivia's door, also letting officers know that Gary and Olivia's relationship was a loud and rocky one. So the police knock on Olivia's door. At the same time, a few miles away, Gary's sister Katie was the first to be given the news and immediately said to police, it's Olivia, Olivia did this. She then told the police everything, how she'd already stabbed him twice, the verbal and emotional abuse, and just the general toxicity of their whole relationship. She then has to go to Gary Senior's house with the police to break the news to her dad. He says the exact same thing as Katie, that it was Olivia. It had to be Olivia. As it turns out, though, the police have already arrested her. When they'd knocked on her door to let her know that Gary had been found dead on the stairwell, Her reaction set alarm bells off for the officers. She acted, and I say acted, confused, like she had no idea what they were talking about. They'd found her in her pyjamas, lying on the couch, watching Mrs Doubtfire and drinking vodka. They asked if she knew what could have happened, or if her and Gary had had any issues. 
Again, she acted confused and like she had no clue what they could be talking about. Except the police saw a blood-stained knife sitting in the sink. She was immediately arrested on suspicion of murder and again, her reaction is totally unbothered and unfazed. In handcuffs, she had to walk past Gary's dead body and it was reported that she stopped, looked at Gary and said, am I meant to have done that? You are having a laugh. Absolutely no way. He's obviously gone and killed himself. When her blood test is done at the police station, it comes back positive for alcohol and cocaine. And despite this result, she turns around and tells police that she has never touched cocaine in her life. And this is what baffles me. Do people like that really think that the police are going to turn around and go, oh, okay, yeah, that's fine. We'll just ignore the blood test. Absolute madness. Now, her level of cocaine was high, but not high enough that she would have blacked out or had no idea what she was doing. Gary's postmortem showed a brutal attack. Now, remember Olivia had said to police that he had obviously killed himself except his injuries literally could not have been self-inflicted. He had multiple stab wounds, and although he did have a stab wound to his chest, the thing that killed him was a stab to the back of his leg. He had a total of three stab wounds to his leg, but one of them had gone 11 centimetres deep and had severed an artery. Devastatingly, though, the post-mortem report said that had an ambulance been called, he would likely have lived. Instead, he was left to die slowly throughout the night. As I said earlier, he'd initially been identified by his fingerprints, but a few days later, Katie, his sister, was able to go and do a formal identification at the mortuary. His parents just couldn't bring themselves to do it. They wanted to remember Gary for the life and soul that he was, rather than the bruised, slaughtered man Olivia had turned him into that night. Now back to Olivia, after being taken to the police station, she was obviously questioned and she literally says no comment to every question the police ask her and they are getting nowhere. However, once you've been arrested, police are allowed to look at your phone and that tells a very different story. Not only were all the arguments over the last few months documented in text messages, the violence was also mentioned. It also showed that she was texting and seeing other men, not just Gary. Those messages showed a sexually forward and confident Olivia, almost in a dominatrix type of way. All of this is enough to formally charge her with the murder. She was remanded and sent to prison to await trial. But if you thought that she was going to sit quietly in her cell and wait for her day in court, you would sadly be mistaken. Instead, she decides her earlier statement that he'd killed himself obviously hadn't washed. So she phones the police from prison. Now, I don't know about you, but I have never heard of that happening. And she tells them that she'd like to report a rape. Who was the rapist? Gary. Gary had allegedly raped her the night that she murdered him, and he died because she was defending herself. I'll just let your mouth drop open for a moment. Basically, to me, this screams, oh, I didn't actually think I'd be getting charged for this, so quick, I better make something up because this is actually getting serious. She wants her defence to be self-defence. She is taking zero responsibility for Gary's death. And this just shows how clever a manipulator she is because self-defence could see her at the very most receive a sentence for manslaughter, not murder. 
So essentially, she's admitting to manslaughter, and the prosecution were considering accepting that and coming to some sort of deal with her. But Gary's parents fought, arguing that stabbing someone 12 times is murder. The prosecution eventually agree to keep going with the original charge. The trial starts in the summer of 2019, and Gary is painted by the defence team as a monster, a violent monster. Obviously, the fact that Gary did have that previous conviction of hitting the mother of his daughter played right into the defence's narrative. Olivia sat in court with an attitude of disbelief, like, how could you possibly think I could do something so heinous when it was Gary that was the evil one? She was determined to manipulate the whole trial. She was, in her mind, above the law, even laughing and joking with the security guards on one of the days. The prosecution showed the jury that her underwear had been tested and there was no signs of sexual activity that had taken place. She'd also been examined when she was first arrested and there were no bruises around her private areas or any area on her body. Going back to how she was determined to manipulate the whole system, after reporting the rape while in prison, she also had to undergo psychiatric evaluations, which she knows will be used as testimony in her trial. So she tells the doctors that she was sexually abused all through her childhood. And she's right. The psychiatrists tell the jury exactly that. She did take the stand and happily answered all of her lawyer's questions. Now, we've all seen enough TV shows to know that you're prepped by your lawyers as to what they'll ask and how to answer them. So for over an hour, she happily answered their questions. And then it came time to be cross-examined by the prosecution, who were ready for her. She barely lasted half an hour before she refused to answer any more questions and she wouldn't even come back into the courtroom. To be honest, if I was the judge, I would have said, too bad, sit your butt down and answer those questions, but that's just me. Basically, she couldn't stand the heat, so she got out the kitchen. The trial lasted 15 days and the jury came back with guilty, but guilty of manslaughter, which is exactly what Olivia had set out to achieve. A lesser charge because she claimed she had mental issues, which meant that she didn't know what she was doing. Except Olivia thought that she'd walk. Yes, they'd find her guilty, but because of her supposed mental issues, they'd let her go. But three weeks later, on September 19th, 2019, her sentencing hearing results in the judge handing her 18 years for the manslaughter of Gary, which for manslaughter is a huge sentence, really, really unusual. So that kind of said to me that the judge knew that she was full of it, so he did what he could to get her sent away for almost as long as murder. As you can imagine though, Olivia was not going to take that sitting down. Her defence immediately launched an appeal saying that it was unsafe for her to be in prison and especially for that length of time. Her appeal goes to the High Court in London. Now remember this is all taking place in Birmingham, which is 157 miles away from London. So Gary's family are not only devastated that potentially she could walk free if her appeal is successful, but they're also having the toll of travelling miles from home to watch her manipulation unfold again. And making that trip sadly wouldn't end well for them. Olivia's conviction was overturned. Are you ready? All because of a technicality. Because basically in the trial, the original judge had said to the jury, it's up to you to decide if the defence 
has proved to you enough that Gary's previous convictions should be taken into account in this case. And annoyingly, that was wrong of him. He should have said that they needed to make up their mind based on whether the prosecution had convinced them that despite the previous conviction of violence, he hadn't been violent that night. So that one minor detail meant the appeal court said, no, I'm sorry, she's free. Thankfully, the prosecution went back for a retrial. So, okay, fine, we understand the judge was wrong, let's do it again, and this time, let's make it fair. The only difference was that this time, she wasn't remanded in custody. She walked in and out of that court during the second trial as free as a bird. Not only that, but this second chance had given her even more time to think about how she could up the self-defence angle and damage Gary's name even more. She told the jury how terrified she was that night and had no choice but to stab Gary to get him to stop. The prosecution, though, tried to prove that self-defence doesn't look like the scene that was discovered by the delivery driver. If you are fighting for your life, like she claimed, there is no way you wouldn't have at least one defensive wound of your own. And he was a big guy, so are you telling me that she wouldn't have one bruise if he was attacking or raping her? And the police report showed that she had not a scratch on her. Thankfully, the jury were not stupid and they weren't buying what she was selling. She hadn't called the ambulance, hadn't called the police to try and explain what had happened. She didn't even say anything when they arrested her while she was watching TV. The jury and the judge saw right through her. In fact, court documents show that the judge said, quote, you're a very clever girl, an arch manipulator. You have manipulated and have continued to try and manipulate this whole system with your games, end quote. On the 2nd of July 2021, Olivia was thankfully again found guilty. But devastatingly for Gary's family, her sentence was only 11 years this time, which, to be honest, is more in line with manslaughter convictions. Frankly, though, there wasn't really any closure for Gary's family either because she refused to give evidence. So they don't know what truly happened that night and why did she attack Gary and stab him 12 times and then just leave him outside of their flat to die. Gary had stayed silent about the abuse that he'd endured, mainly because of Olivia's little boy, Arthur. And this is where, in the cruelest twist ever, and I mean ever, comes into play. Like I said, Arthur Labinjo Hughes is a name that you are very likely to know. Obviously, after her conviction, Arthur's dad, Thomas, was granted custody. He was in another relationship by then, so Arthur started living with his dad and stepmom. But a couple of years after Olivia's conviction, a new case would end up in the court, this time for the murder of Arthur. Yep, the murder of Arthur, who is now six, at the hands of Thomas, his dad, and his partner, Emma Tustin. I just don't know how cruel life can be. In his six years, he lived with a mum who abused alcohol and drugs daily, was abusing her partner in front of Arthur, no doubt to a degree neglecting him because if you're high on coke or drunk as a skunk, are you really able to look after a toddler properly? He finally escapes that, only to be killed by his other parent. I just cannot and will never be able to wrap my head around it. He deserved so, so much more. Which is why next week's episode will be dedicated into detailing what happened to Arthur and the scumbags that were meant to protect him. 
As for Gary's family, they are determined to raise awareness that domestic violence does affect men and it's not spoken about enough. The stigma for men to come forward needs to be lessened by there being campaigns focused on men getting help in abusive partnerships. Not, oh, you're a man, you're tough, you're strong, you can handle it. Hindsight is a wonderful thing and they all blame themselves for not reporting it. By going against Gary and doing more to get help. But we know ifs, buts and maybes doesn't bring people back. So let's honour victims by making sure it doesn't continue to happen. Resources for men have been linked in today's bio. Thanks for listening. To see today's case photos, click on the link in the case description to join the Cup of Coffee and Crime Facebook discussion group. And if you're enjoying being here, please leave a review on whatever platform you get your podcasts. Until next week, stay safe.